Hello and welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts, Tim and... Tom. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm very well. Hi, Tom. Uh, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, good, good. We've got a special episode today to talk about some of the darker signs of football, some of the corruption in football, financial corruption. There's been a lot of talk about it recently with some of the biggest clubs in the world, definitely the most successful clubs in, uh, in their own countries over the last 10 years. And I would like to start with a quote, which is not like me, Tom. You know I'm not one for reading. A quote is when you say what other people say. Uh, this is a uh, Barcelona coach, Kike Setien, former Barcelona coach, I should say. As the years go by, you realize that you can no longer change the things that are rotten. In this sport, there are lots of people who have never kicked a ball in their lives, but have benefited well beyond their value. Everyone knows that where there is money, there are people with hidden interests and a lot of corruption. Tom, that's Kike Setien, uh, not recently, a few years ago. Um, are you surprised that any of this news has come out recently? We've had scandals about Barcelona, scandals about Manchester City. We will go into details. We will explain it all to all of our listeners and we'll discuss potential punishments for these offending clubs. But Tom, are you surprised? <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised, Tim. To my mind, I'm thinking of a, a phrase, does a bear do his business in the woods? By do his business, I, I'm avoiding using a, a stronger word. Uh, and the answer is, the yes, toilet. it does. Go to the toilet, exactly. Yes, a bear does his business. He goes to the toilet in the woods where you have big moneyed interests in and around the game of football. You're going to see stories like this. And actually, we can argue that they have been going on now for a long time. The only surprising thing is that we've had two or three situations emerge close together over a short period of time. Yes, I, I think uh, you're probably right. We'll go into the details. I would like to make one comment to our listeners uh, to start with. Um, a few a few weeks ago, Tom and I were discussing the morality of uh, of uh, owners investing in football and uh, external football uh, money coming into football. And we both said that uh, the, the external money should be allowed, uh, should be controlled, but it should be allowed. Um, and now maybe our listeners are going to think that we're criticizing external money. But there's a big difference. There's putting in external money, following the rules, and then there's breaking the rules, corrupting the rules, hiding the money you're putting in to uh, to benefit your club. If I do remember our conversation, we, we did both agree that money should be allowed to come in. But we were also keen to ensure that our leagues stay competitive. And for our leagues to stay competitive, we need that the small the smaller clubs to have a good opportunity to compete with the big clubs. So coming back to your point, yes, regulation and rules are essential to stop the big clubs abusing their extra wealth. Okay, yes. No, you're definitely right. So we're going to jump straight into the deep end, which means to start with the difficult stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about the Barcelona case. Uh, some of our regular listeners will be happy to know that the return of some of our famous characters from the Qatar corruption, old Angel Maria Villar, who has got a checkered reputation on this podcast already. And to have a checkered reputation means to have a bad reputation. He's back on the show again today. You'll be happy to hear, Tom. Other famous names in football 
involving alleged footballing corruption, um, Jose uh, Maria Enriquez Negueira. And he is the heart of the conversation today. He is uh, a former referee. He was a referee in the top Spanish division from the late 70s to the early 90s. He then became a board member of the Spanish Refereeing Association, the CTA, um, and has an only resigned or no, sorry, he was pushed out from his role in 2018. So he's been working in that role for, sorry, my maths isn't brilliant, nearly 30 years. To be pushed out of a role, Tom, if I'm pushed out of a job, do I choose because I want to go or is somebody making me go? You are not leaving voluntarily. You are being made to leave. You are being forced out if you are pushed out. Yes. So uh, Jose Maria Enriquez Negueira was a uh, high up at the Spanish FA, but it's come out this week that since the late 90s, he has been receiving money from Barcelona Football Club, a head member of the referees receiving money for Barcelona Football Club. This came out because there were tax inspections into Barcelona uh, and they found um, invoices. Invoices are official financial reports uh, showing payments. And they asked uh, Barcelona to um, to provide evidence of the work that uh, Mr. Negada produced and uh, allegedly uh, there was no work. There was no evidence of work. Barcelona said that he had been producing refereeing reports to keep Barcelona um, on top of any changes that might be uh, happening or or to help Barcelona be um, but essentially know everything they need to know. Um, but uh, seven million, seven million euros, Tom, it feels like a lot of money for a report, especially when these reports are, sp are meant to be spoken reports. They're not even written reports. Um, Tom, does it smell fishy? And when I say fishy, I mean suspicious. Does it smell bad? Does it smell like there's something wrong going on? It does smell fishy. It does smell rotten. Rotten is that that adjective we use to describe when food has expired and it's turned into something horrible. Yes, especially because uh, this story of uh, a club being a little bit too close to a referee association rings a bell. It reminds me of Juventus in the 2006 season. I believe that part of their big scandal that caused them to be relegated was also the influence of clubs with referees and the transfer of, of money in, in one direction to another. So it smells bad, Tim. I don't know the details of Barcelona, but it's not a good look for them. Well, let me tell you that this isn't just an isolated incident. This started, as I say, nearly 20 years ago. This spans five different presidents of the club. And when I say span, it means it goes across that time or... And uh, so we're talking about the current president, uh, Laporte. We've got Bar Bartolomeu. Uh, we've got all the big names of the last 20 years of Barcelona polit football politics. And um, so ori originally they were told that uh, we were told that the the payments were for reports. Then, of course, it was shown that the reports didn't exist. And then uh, word came out of Barcelona that they were paying for neutrality. Uh, to be neutral is to not have a preference. So a referee, of course, should be neutral. So um, that, of course, uh, 
makes the Spanish FA look very bad because if you're paying for neutrality, what happens if you don't pay? Do you get a referee who's coming against you? Um, there's been very little spoken about uh, from the Spanish FA. Uh, Tebas, the current head of the Spanish FA, came out and said that there was a, it was impossible to punish Barcelona because there was a three-year statute of limitations. A statute of limitations is like an expiry date for laws. It means if the crime you committed was long Long enough ago you can't be punished um tom i mean uh, another thing barcelona said that other clubs were doing it that it was normal to get this kind of um to get this kind of uh relationship between clubs and and things like that i mean that there, there, there is there seems that there can be no innocent explanation is that your impression as well tom or is it possible that barcelona or the spanish fa or or mr negreira uh, could give us an explanation that would leave us all content that nothing was going wrong i don't think so tim i think that uh, this smells very fishy as you said before it it does smell like corruption i'm sure uh, at this moment in time it's being described as Financial irregularities, you might hear that a lot. Irregularities, we don't say corruption because it's not proven. Why isn't it proven? Because we can't take the case to court because as you mentioned, we've passed the statute of limitations. So we're into an area where legal loopholes, we've talked about this word before, a loophole is a, a special clause in the contract or in the law that allows uh, people to not perhaps act according to the, the best interests and in a moral way, but to avoid punishment, to avoid actually being caught for crimes. So this smells a lot like a legal loophole is being used in this case to avoid uh, Barcelona facing a heavy punishment. Yeah, I think so. And some of the explanations hold no water. And if an excuse holds no water, it means you can't believe it. It, it doesn't it doesn't seem credible. Um, That's right. I mean, I'd like to come come in on that one. That comes from perhaps the the image of a bucket and a good bucket should be able to hold water without water leaking out. So if an excuse or a, an alibi, if a reason is solid, then the bucket will hold water. But if it doesn't hold water, holds no water, then we can understand that there are holes, there are leaks, there are problems with the story. Or yes. The bucket. So a related idiom is to say there are holes in his argument. And again, mm. the argument being the, the bucket and the holes being the problems with it. But yeah, there are some pathetic excuses coming out from both sides. On the one hand, you've got the Referees Association saying that... Um, saying that uh, this this uh, this guy Negreda doesn't have much influence. On Barcelona's side, they're saying that uh, he, he didn't have any influence either. So in that case, why were you paying him for, for 18 years? Why did you pay him for 7 million euros if he didn't have any influence? Um, I mean, it's just, it, it's all very ugly. As I said, uh, some of our main characters from the Qatar corruption, Angel Maria Biar, he did vote for the World Cup going to Qatar. Um, he has been proven to be corrupt in Spanish football. Uh, and again, he was the head of the Spanish FA when this was all happening. It seems this is like a generational thing. Um, in, I mean, you look at the, the financial problems Barcelona have had over the last few years. Uh, I don't know. It seems like, like there's just a generational corruption 
a way of viewing money and a way of viewing rules as something that can just be avoided. And uh, it's endemic in in football at the top at the top level. When I say endemic, I mean maybe some of our um, some of our uh, COVID listeners uh, will, will know <laughs> pandemic, endemic. It's it's a problem that you have to live with. It's a problem in society that you can't get rid of. Um, so, Tom, moving to the next step, the next question really is um, what can happen to Barcelona? So if if in the Spanish FA's rules, uh, they can't punish on a sporting level anything that's happened more than three years ago, then the sporting punishments would be points deduction, transfer ban, uh, relegation, um, pro- prohibition from European competitions, all things we're going to talk about when we talk about the Manchester City case. Um, this came out because of uh, a tax inspector finding the payments and finding irregularities, as you say, alleged irregularities. <laughs> um, so realistically, the, the criminal criminal court, they could they could fine Barcelona. They could potentially put an accountant in prison. They could put a former president or a current president in prison. Is that the kind of thing that's going to have any impact on Barcelona fans, Barcelona players, Barcelona manager, uh, potentially future fans or future players? Or is this just something that can be dismissed because it's not a sporting punishment? It can be dismissed as not a sporting problem. That's a great question. Uh, As you have explained very well, if we cannot punish the club within the sporting arena by by banning them from European competition or relegation, then the obvious channel would be to go down the legal route to look for people uh, who have to take the responsibility for this, a strong uh, legal charge against someone. You mentioned the president of Barcelona. Now, that would be impressive to see someone uh, not only face charges, but even be convicted of corruption in this case. Uh, I doubt that would happen. The way the legal system works and the way that the super rich, the very wealthy generally manage to, uh, shall we say, get off the hook, which is a nice idiom, meaning... To uh, escape to a... punishment. Exactly, yes. Typically, we can imagine that the presidents, the the, the really big players who are behind this will probably get off the hook. So who's going to get punished? It will be a scapegoat. A scapegoat is someone who has chosen to take the blame, also called a patsy in uh, in American uh, language as well. The person who's set up or more likely the person would make a deal with the, the owners above him and say, OK, I'm going to take the punishment for this. I'm going to do the time. Maybe I'll go to prison. But to take one for the team. I'll take one for the team, exactly. But you know that you'll make sure that you have a nice reward for me when I do my time in a soft, comfortable prison and uh, I will live out the rest of my life in comfort. That's the most realistic uh, outcome I think we can expect if we go down the legal route. Yeah, I mean, I I really think if if legal if the legal route is the only form of punishing people, then I think it's it's a complete uh, disaster for for football and for the reputation of Spanish football and Barcelona in general. And let's not just say Spanish football, football, because Barcelona Spanish football is one of the biggest leagues in football. This is this is the sport we all love. Uh, well, let's not get nationalist over whose leagues are better or we. It's still the same sport we love. Um, 
So, yes, um, just in case any of our listeners were in any doubt about the uh, the uh, credibility of the allegations, uh, in 2018, when uh, Mr. Negreda stopped being head of the uh, Spanish FA, uh, or Spanish referees, when he stopped being right at the top of the Spanish Referees Association, Barcelona stopped paying him uh, conveniently. Uh, at that time, he communicated with then-President Bartolomeu um, and he uh, he said, why have you stopped paying me? Uh, you should keep on paying me. Uh, bear in mind, if I make this information public, this is going to cause you a lot of problems. So and this is this is a conversation 2000, from 2018. So another can, can question I just I clarify do... then this conversation was found and uh, it, it was a communication over email or a telephone conversation? Uh, or? The famous bureau fax, Tom, the famous bureau fax, the same bureau fax that stopped Messi getting his move uh, or no, sorry, that Messi communicated his desire to leave Barcelona with and the same bureau fax that uh, De Gea didn't get his move to, Bar uh, to Real Madrid with. Bureau fax, I've only ever seen the word in the context of, of business. I think it's just an official fax. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, so they do have this information and it's not looking good. And I wonder, Tom, and it does make me wonder, and this is maybe the conspiracy theory uh, theorist inside me, is why has this information come out now? Is it coincidental that three years has passed since uh, these crimes has ha have happened. So they think, OK, let's get it out in public now. Let's make Barcelona look bad. Let's give them some reputational damage. But they maybe know full well and to know something full well is to know it totally that they can't they cannot be punished in a way that they really care about. And that's on the sports pitch. That's an excellent point, actually, Tim. It really is. We have to ask about the time frame. We can assume that this bureau facts, this evidence of corruption has been collected over a number of years. Three years is a convenient legal window to wait for for the release of this information. Uh, it's the kind of thing that often we, we see ha happening in the political world as well, when as, as an Englishman yourself, you, you have experienced many prime ministers come and go and other polit senior politicians come and go. Often they are forced out, or as you said earlier, pushed out of their job due to some embarrassing information that happened many, many years ago. And we asked the same question then. Why has this information come out now? Uh, yes, it's a good question. It's only a speculation. We can never know the answer. But I think it's a very good question to be asking. Yeah. And I'd just like to shoot something that a lot of Barcelona fans have been saying online down to shoot something down, to shoot an idea down, to kill an idea, to stop the idea growing. A lot of Barcelona fans that I see online have been saying something along the lines of, this has come out now because Barcelona are winning the league. This has come out now because Barcelona are doing well. So basically saying that the Spanish league, the Spanish press are using this as a way to, to ruin Barcelona's happiness. But just to, uh, to shoot that down, the investigation started in May when Barcelona was second in the league. Um, and uh, the investigation was started by a Catalan news agency, uh, the name of which I won't try to pronounce. But it's the, the equivalent of, of Ser Barcelona. And, and so this, this simply isn't an attack on Barcelona by Real Madrid fans or a Real Madrid orientated league or something like that. It's just simply not. So I, I totally agree with that. Otherwise that attack would have happened within the three year window. The, the fact that it's after is in Barcelona's favor. It seems like it's a well-coordinated release.
So, mm -hmm. Tom, I've got two questions for you to finish off this topic. Um, one, what do you think will happen? Two, what would you like to happen? I would like to see uh, serious punishment. I, I, coming back to the original point we made at the start of the episode, uh, I would love to see a more competitive Spanish league where uh, the, the big giant teams do not use their extra financial clout, clout is influence muscle to determine the results in an unfair or, you know, uh, ways which are not considered purely sporting. So for that reason, I think that Barcelona should really be punished in some way. That would be what I'd like to see. And, and, and I think it, they have to hit the club hard. That would mean uh, some of their revenue having to go back to the Spanish league and be distributed with the smaller clubs. It could mean Barcelona being banned from competing in the big money competitions such as the Champions League. Uh, that's what I would really like to see. But as you discussed before, that's not going to happen, is it? So you're thinking it will be a, a minor, a minor punishment. So yeah, I'm actually stronger than you on that, Tom. Um, I if the questions are what would I like to see happen, I would like to see Barcelona relegated. Uh, I would like to see them given a thirty point uh, deduction, or no, a th or a thirty point deduction next season, or a ten point deduction for every season that they've been proven to be cheating. So if they've been cheating for the last eighteen years, give them a ten point deduction for the next ten years. Why? Because when one team wins the league, it means other another 19 teams aren't winning the league. You're depriving other supporters, other fans of their moments, of their dreams. And Barcelona don't have the right to, to deny other honest sporting fans, sports players, these these special moments in their life and then just to just to have a small interruption and then business as usual again no if they've been cheating me cheating you cheating all football fans for the last 20 years make them suffer for the next 20 years i know it seems very strict i know it seems very draconian uh, draconian tom what does that mean <laughs> it's something is draconian it's 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 describing a, a system where strong punishments are used to enforce yeah. the rules. Yeah, I know it sounds very draconian, but I just can't see any other way of stopping these super clubs uh, want to look for these loopholes or these ways around the rules, as you said earlier. And I just think if Barcelona were hit with a fine or hit with a 10-point deduction or hit with a one or two transfer window ban from signing people, this is something they can absorb. You know, um, and maybe they don't win the league one season. Maybe they don't win the Champions League for five seasons. But that's not really suffering. Suffering is, you know, we're, we're both Almeria uh, fans, being Almeria season ticket holders through our life. That's suffering. A Cadiz fan, that's suffering. Uh, you know, so I don't think making Barcelona finish fourth in La Liga for the next three seasons is, is suffering. It's not a punishment. So I would like to see them relegated and I'd like to see them punished in a way that shows that that reflects the duration of the crime they've committed um the final question on this before we do move on i do promise we're going to move on and talk about manchester city um if barcelona were relegated could La Liga survive the relegation of Barcelona? There are only three teams that have never been relegated from La Liga, formed in 1929. That's Atletico Bilbao, Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, and of course, the selling point of, of, the, of La Liga uh, is the Clasico. It's the two great teams. You could argue they're the two biggest teams in the world, um, playing the best football in the world. Um, 
would it be like Turkey's voting for Christmas if La Liga relegated Barcelona? A Turkey voting for Christmas is like uh, somebody doing something which is going to have a, a bad impact on themselves. Would would it? Would, what do you think, Tom? Could could it survive? I think that uh, La Liga would survive, but it would lose money. It would lose TV rights and revenue. Uh, it, I, I remember when in Scot Scottish football, Rangers uh, suffered uh, relegation due to the same financial irregularities situation and Celtic dominated the league uh, for a long time. They won it nine seasons consecutively. Exactly. It would be lovely if uh, other teams in Spanish football could come up to compete as Atletico Madrid have done in recent years, but we would really want to see uh, you know, for, for La Liga to thrive. It would be great actually, if kind of Real Madrid also went down with Barcelona, if they could find some, I'm sure they don't have to look too hard to find some financial irregularities at Real Madrid, send them both down. Then I think La Liga would thrive. If suddenly you've got five or six smaller teams all competing to win it. Uh, but realistically, I think it would be a situation a bit more like uh, coming back to Juventus. We saw though that team go down in 2006. It spent a season relegated. Uh, then it popped back up and actually it came back up even stronger. I think it went on to win nine leagues in a row and, and four yeah. league cup doubles. I think that the, the major happen. difference, the major mm -hmm. difference between La Liga and Serie A in Italy is the historical size of, of, of various clubs. I think, you know, you can say in Spain, there are two clubs, maybe Valencia and Atletico Madrid could maybe combine to produce a third club, but Italy's got a, a history of big clubs. You know, they've got Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus, Rome, Lazio, Napoli. These are all teams that have competed at the top level. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a couple. Um, so it's not like leaving Real Madrid in isolation like it would be like uh, like it would be in, in Spain. And I think that's essentially the reason why Barcelona won't get punished. Um, Tom. I think I think we've covered Barcelona um, situation. Do you have anything you'd like to say, or should we move on to City? Let's move on to City. Okay, so Manchester City, very successful team. If anyone hasn't noticed, um, started their winning under Roberto Mancini with a famous Cunaguero goal in the ninety third minute. Was it? Um, since then, they've won. I think they've won uh, six Premier League trophies or something like that. They've won it's, four uh, out of the last five. That's for sure. Only Liverpool has got one in the last five years, other than Man City. Yeah, and then they got one with Pellegrini and one with Mancini. So yeah, six in the last since since two thousand and nine or two thousand eight when they got bought out. Um, so I mean, the measure of their success is 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 undoubted. Um, but essentially, there's there's been a, another uh, set of accusations, and they're more than accusations. They've become charges. A charge is when you're actually going to be indicted on the accusation. Is when the, they're actually going to act on the accusation. They feel there's enough evidence to go to a court or, tr or to a tribunal. Um, there was a hundred and one. <laughs> infractions of 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 the the laws the football laws but essentially uh i'm not going to detail all 101 of them tom uh but i'm going to say the four categories that essentially they fall into um the first category is uh using clubs or using organizations companies that aren't manchester city to pay 
people connected with the club. So it's been alleged that Roberto Mancini was uh, paid about £1.2 million a year from the, uh, from the club and about £1.7 million a year pre-bonuses from a shell company um, based in Abu Dhabi but actually registered in the, I think it was in in the Seychelles. I was looking it up earlier. Um, and so that essentially means they're, they're hiding gets expenses. And when I say expenses, costs, money they're spending, they're hiding it from their official accounts. They, it's off the books. Um, to be off the books means out of your official accounts. Um, secondly, they were using some of these shell companies to provide sponsorship deals to Manchester City well above the market value. So, for example, if the naming value for the Emirates Stadium is, I don't know, £10 million a year, um, that's and Manchester City are naming their stadium, the Etihad Stadium, and they're charging £50 million a year, mm-hmm. um, then questions would be asked about why they're charging five times more when the market value doesn't reflect that. Um, and so that's the first two things they're doing. As a result, they are in breach of their financial fair play obligations. To be in breach of the rules is to break the rules. Again, another way of saying it. And finally, and I think this is where Manchester City will crash and burn, uh, will suffer the most. Um, it's in, in in British football, the, the clubs have an obligation to report their finances, to, to do their accounts with honesty, honesty, integrity, and with the best intentions. Um, and this rule is a cleverly worded rule, which basically means that if you can be shown to be hiding anything, if you can be shown to be not 100% honest, then you're guilty. It doesn't matter what you're hiding. If you're hiding something, if you're trying to hide something, then you're guilty. So um, these are essentially the same charges that uh, UEFA uh, held against Manchester City. There's two major differences. One, UEFA doesn't have this uh, rule about uh, displaying your accounts in an in an in a honest way. And secondly, the UEFA's um, UEFA have got a statute of limitations. They're time-limited accusations. And the FA, the football, the Premier League, don't have any of these situations. So um, it looks like Manchester City are going to have a great a great problem. And again, the question is, how should we punish them? The situation is different in England because uh, the, the Premier League does have the power to make sporting punishments. And I think the punishments being discussed are the stripping of titles, which means to take away the titles they've won them, uh, which I'm personally not in favour of, but we can talk about that. Um the relegation or a points deduction or a ban from European competitions or a ban from signing players. So, Tom, straight up to you. Um, do you think that uh, what do you think should happen to Manchester City? What do you think about this first idea about taking away their titles? I think uh, it, it reminds me of the, the old Olympics where in the 80s and 90s where athletes were winning gold medals after being uh, full of anabolic steroids, and they still get to go to the podium, get to their get their gold medal, and it's only sometimes years later that they are stripped of that medal. Yes, that can hurt the athlete, but actually, you know, the event has happened, and and how many people are even paying attention later on when they're stripped of their medal? So, 
if, for example, City were lose to lose the title from that first season when uh, Kun Aguero scored that le- scored that late goal you mentioned, uh, it won't really change the fact that it was an incredibly dramatic. Uh, wonderful moments. Uh, it was still football at its best, regardless of the financial situation at Manchester. So I don't really think that stripping titles will have that much difference. But on another level, you know, I, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking, why not? But then I'm thinking, actually, this really needs to be something that's going to hurt the club owners. How do you hurt these club owners these you know the, in this case we're talking about i think a qatari ownership of manchester city abu dhabi abu dhabi sorry thank you abu dhabi which is part of the united arab emirates so how do you hurt these people it's clearly not going to work in these legal courts I, you you mentioned in in 2018 actually this this charge you mentioned of inflating their sponsorship this was shown up by a german newspaper paper Der Spiegel in 2018, and they managed to wangle their way out of it. So by wangle their way out, they found, again, a legal argument that got them off the hook. They were originally banned from European football for a couple of seasons, and we're going to be financially punished. So I don't have much faith in the legal system to to punish Manchester City in this way. Uh, I think we do need to find a way, though, to stop uh, big money pots clubs or owners of clubs coming in and taking advantage of the rules like this. So I do like what you said about the wording that clubs have to be honest and act with integrity. And if they're found to not be honest, uh, then there should be a challenge. There should be a way to punish them. So I would like to see strong punishments in the future on Manchester City, something that will hit the bottom line. The bottom line meaning the money that's coming into the club that will restrict the fun, restrict their capacity to win trophies in the future so that we can send a strong message to other club owners. For example, we have some Saudis in charge at Newcastle United. We have a new American owner at Chelsea spending big. We need to really send a strong message that... We have to respect the rules here. I don't know what will work, though, Tim. I don't know uh, what what. Do you have anything in mind? Well, I do. Um, again, liked back to what I said to Barcelona. I agree with you that I don't think we should uh, take away the titles. Uh, I'm a big cycling fan, um, and uh, every time I look at cycling between is it two, 1999 and 2006, there are no winners of the Tour de France because of Lance Armstrong was just cheating. Everyone else was cheating. So they just there's just no winners, and it's a very unsatisfying feeling as a sports fan. And again, giving it to second place you know those second place fans aren't going to go out celebrating they've won the league today because when they won it in 2012 so you're denying them that experience and and to say that they were winners like when Juventus had their title stripped in 2006 it was given to Inter Milan I've, I've read uh, interviews with the Inter Milan players saying they don't feel like they've won the league um, and also it devalues the experience of fans who were there watching at that time I mean if you're going to say that the Aguero goal doesn't count, then maybe if you're a fan at that game, you could ask for a refund. <laughs> um, and, you know, and also if you say that, are you also opening up uh, potentially to, to, to being sued? I mean, if you're a club that finished outside the top four like Arsenal did in some of those seasons, 
could could we be looking at de denied uh, earnings and things like that? I think going backwards is a dangerous game and opening up a lot of problems. So I think, again, relate it to the amount of time that the crime's been going on. It's been going on for about 10 years. Take 10 points away from them for every season for the next 10 seasons. That's my solution, Tom. Um, and let's not forget, this isn't as if these are innocent parties here. Uh, I know Guardiola said that UEFA found them totally innocent, but that's simply not true, Pep. Um, they went to the Court of Arbitration to sport for sport. The Court of Arbitration for Sport said on some topics there was uh, on some charges there were ins there was insignificant ever insignificant evidence, and or the other charges insignificant or insufficient. Insufficient. Sorry, that's what I've written. I've just not written. Uh, <laughs> just not uh, read it properly. Um, and the other charges were time limited. So it's they were no in no way found not guilty. Um, so yeah, Tom, what do you think? Because I like this. For me, it ticks all of the boxes. This long term points deduction. What do you think about this long term points deduction? Do you think it could work? Ten points I, a season for the next five seasons. I think it's a good idea, actually. Yes, but I, I would go even further. Not only the points deduction, which can affect City's capacity to win titles, but I think that also. Again, some money coming back to the, the smaller clubs, a redistribution. If uh, we were talking ultimately about City not truly breaking even, to break even means to balance your books, to not lose money. And it's clear that over periods of 10 years, Manchester City lost a lot of money. The money they were spending was coming out of the pockets of the owners. So that money, those quantities of money, it would nice, be nice to hit the owners hard and have that money redistributed down to the lower leagues as well. The championship, the first division, the second. Let's go down to grassroots, to amateur football. I'd love to yeah. see that money get distributed down to, to, to smaller clubs. So what about this then? Uh, give Manchester City 20th place Premier League prize money for the amount of years they've been doing the crime. So I think the difference between first place and 20th place in the Premier League is about 60%. Um, so it'd be a big loss and a points deduction. So then you hit the owners, you hit the you hit the club on a sporting sense, you hit them from a financial sense as well. Um, that would be nice. I like it. I like it. It's not bad as long as it does genuinely hurt the owners because we have to consider that the Abu Dhabi people are dealing with quantities of money which are kind of hard for us to get our heads around here so i would go really hard and really try that's and that is my it. one concern about financially hitting the owners they've got it's just a drop in the ocean even manchester city the whole club for them is just a drop in the ocean mm -hmm. um i think uh i think that's all the corruption we've got time to talk about today tom on, on the left pod uh learn english football podcast uh if any of our learners want to get involved of course they can find us on tiktok they can find us on youtube it'd be really helpful helpful and uh, fantastic if they left us a review or a rating wherever they get their podcasts uh speak to your friends ask them do you speak football if they don't send them the link and get them speaking football as much as possible um i had a new class this week tom uh, i think we might have some new listeners coming our way excellent well best wishes to tim's students welcome aboard <laughs> thanks a lot uh so tom we'll see you next time for the for the next podcast it's been a pleasure thanks a lot bye bye thank you everyone bye bye